Welcome to the Strength Coach Experience Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Lego. Your host. And here we and here we go, go, go. Uh, welcome everyone to the Strength Coach Experience, episode number nineteen. I uh, hope everyone's enjoying their Christmas Eve here uh, today. I want to welcome uh, Chris Jenke, uh, personal trainer, author, and also co-host of the podcast uh, Health in the Real World. I had the pleasure of being on uh, Chris's podcast a few weeks ago, and now he uh, has agreed to come on mine. So, Chris, thanks for having on, man. I'm, I'm so happy to have you on here and be able to talk a little bit. Yeah, Joe, this is great. Thank you so much, man. Of course, of course. Uh, you're in a nice little layover there in uh, in uh, L.A., at right? The, Going at, to Miami? Yep, at the airport, yep. Well, hopefully you so get hopefully there nice and fast. Hopefully I don't get busted for not masking up. But I Yeah, think. yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you need to cover <laughs> your mouth or wear it on around your chin. It's, <laughs> just pretend I'm drinking water. Any, anybody watching the YouTube video, just be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. safe. Uh, so why don't we right, get right into things? Uh, why don't you just go over your background, you know, growing up, and, and then we'll kind of continue on how you uh, ended up in the in the fitness industry. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, you know, as far as my background, I can even sort of parlay that in because I think it started young. Uh, you know, I've, I'm 40 years old. I've been a trainer for 16 years, but I think it started when I was like five. Uh, I played soccer, baseball, basketball, and just loved sports and loved um it's funny i actually love the practice aspect of sports i love the camaraderie of being a part of a team and you know working together and stuff like that so that started young um i was always in a sport you know fall spring it, it was just one after another um and it was all my own choice right I, I you know a lot of parents now they'll they'll like overbook their kids and stuff and think they're the next michael jordan or something my parents just said, you guys, you do what you want. And I just wanted to play sports. I just wanted to play all day. Uh, no, that's, that's like I said, I, I think that's a, a kind of common theme uh, on the show. You know, everybody that I bring on that, uh, you know, is coaching or, or personal training or somewhat still involved, you know, at an older age in the industry. I think sports plays a, a big role. You know, uh, we all didn't work out at five years old, but I think, uh, you know, playing sports and playing every sport. Uh, was a big deal, you know, much like yourself. I, I did play every sport growing up, you know, not necessarily or organized, but I was always very active. Uh, and, you know, the practice part also, I, I did enjoy, you know, the competition was great, but uh, I feel like uh, there was a balance, you know, you enjoyed getting better because you knew that your kind of all the work you did or, or whatever you worked on in practice uh, would kind of come to fruition on the field or, or on the court. So I feel like everybody kind of um, you know, who gets into the industry further uh, after sports, either continuously playing sports or, you know, going on to the coaching side. Uh, it's something that they do where they, they also enjoy the sport and they understand that that kind of preparation uh, is, is well seen uh, on the field or that's what they're doing it for. You know, there's a greater purpose. So, you know, it's not really struggling to get them to practice. Right. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting that uh, when I finally realized in my kind of early 20s that I really should be a trainer and I have kind of this aptitude uh, was when I realized that not everybody enjoys moving. And, um, and that was, that's just something that's, again, it's always been in me. And I think it's, it's um, you know, regardless of what well, it is. That... International <laughs> is proud to welcome and support our active duty military. I think I should just keep talking, huh? Yeah, yeah. Just, is it? Just, All right. Yeah. Um, 
so regardless of you know regardless of like what your thing is right if somebody watching this is not a trainer but maybe they're a banker or something like that it, i think it's really important that whatever you do kind of comes easily and you're good at it too right yeah of course uh you know i think it's it's one of those things whatever it is you know that's why uh, you know, I feel like with fitness, with sports, it doesn't end there, you know, and I feel like a lot of podcasts, uh, you know, before starting the show and, and you know, yours too, we, we touched on a lot of that stuff. It's people think that, you know, just because it's a fitness podcast, that's all they talk about, you know, and, and that is one of the motivations for starting the strength coach experience is because everyone I listen to is very dry. I grew up playing sports. I love sports. I'm a coach now. I coach sports in the off season of my sport. I coach more sports, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> there's got to be more to this. And this is not why I do this. Like I didn't become a strength coach, honestly, for baseball, because I loved baseball. I didn't like baseball. I thought it was boring, but when it came time to choose a sport, I'm a basketball player. You know, we've talked about much, much like yourself. I didn't want to do basketball because for 10 years I played basketball. I traveled, I did all that stuff. So I wanted to do something different. And then when I broke down the sports, I liked how kind of baseball how the athletes moved, you know, how you have the dynamics of the two teams. And it was something that I could get behind and understand the movements, the movements and kind of figuring out the sport were what was fun for me, right? Football has always been a disaster for me. You know, it's like cars crashing into each other. You know, I was in Texas. I did an internship at TCU and just watching the lifts and stuff. Not that, that anything was bad or anything, but I was like, this isn't, this isn't for me. It's like being at a rock concert, you know, with, with weight. So I, I knew right away, but I, I feel like that is one of the things, you know, that sports, fitness and coaching like you can obviously you can kind of relate that to everything you know if you're a banker a doctor it doesn't matter because everything you do in life it involves preparation to be successful at whatever you're doing yeah absolutely absolutely and and, and years and maybe even decades of that prep work uh, I, a friend of mine actually this is another good example of that about how like the calling the, the calling kind of started early he was uh he was always into fantasy sports and he would, he would analyze, you know, batting averages and stuff and, you know, RBIs and ERAs and stuff, uh, you know, baseball cards. And then he would play fantasy baseball with, with um, grown men. And this is before the internet. So you can't just go online and like trade players. He had to call these like 40 year old men and try to convince them that they should trade fantasy players with him. So he's got the numbers thing going on, the, the batting average analysis. He's got all that. He's got the negotiation calling up these these men he's probably 13 years old he's calling these men trying to convince them that they needed to trade jose canseco for will clark and um and now he's a ceo of like a six million dollar company and Hello, those and skills kind of transferred sure into what he's doing now yeah, no, I think that's a, a great example. You know, that's what happens. You know, it's you find that most people, you know, I have friends that did a lot of trading and stuff like that. And we're always I have a friend, prime example, we'd go to his house to play pool, we would lose money. He, You know, you'd play like go fish, we would lose money. Now he's a professional poker player, you know, because no matter what we did, somehow he would convince you to bet money, be like, oh, the three of you are going to play me in pool. If I win, I get $10 from each. You're like, oh, yeah, no problem. And then, you know, you're standing there like, how did I end up losing money to you? We just came here to kind of eat pizza and play basketball, you know, and, and that's how it was. But I think it's, you know, if you follow kind of a lot of people from start, you know, to now or where they are, you'll, you'll kind of see a lot of those traits, you know, and I think that's why psychology and the mental aspect of coaching and, and fitness is very important, you know, and, and you touched on it before, you know, parents kind of trying to slam their kid's schedule full of a bunch of things that they think they're going to be good at is not good because, 
you know, the sport will choose you, if you will, right? But the best thing to do is to play all of them. And eventually you'll say, well, I'm not that great at football. I don't really like lacrosse. Basketball is not for me. You know, if you're in, and it will kind of, it will find you, if you will. So I don't also believe in, you know, well, we're going to play one sport because I want them to play this thing because you don't know yet. You know, you don't know till you're 17 and you see stories all the time. I always bring up Bruce Bowen from the Spurs, you know, one of the best defenders through the nineties growing up and things like that. He didn't start playing basketball till the 11th grade, you know, and now he's in the NBA. So there is examples like that. You know, some of these guys, everybody likes to think that they woke up at five and started dribbling a basketball, but in reality, some of them are, you know, Dylan Batances, right. Walking around the, the school in high school, you know, didn't really do too much. I think somebody saw him throw a football like 50 yards, just messing around. And, you know, now he's in the big leagues, you know, so there's a lot of examples like that. And, and not just in sports, you know, I feel like that's everywhere. You know, you have guys that just keep to themselves and save money. And then all of a sudden they run companies, stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I, definitely. And I think it, there's definitely something to be said about, about the desire coming from within you as opposed to somebody putting it on you, right? So, and I just, I just think about like, again, myself, my parents weren't saying anything to me. I would go out and dribble a basketball in the driveway at 11 o'clock at night. Uh, I know I've heard stories of Michael Jordan just wanting to play all day long. And um, I think that's what, it, that's what it takes. You know, ultimately we, we need to have that from within. I'm, well, I think it was Rocky IV uh, when, when he fights the Russian guy. You've seen all mm-hmm. the Rockies? Yep, I um, that, that was part four, right? I've seen all the good ones, and then all the ones where he's atrocious yeah. in a wheelchair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rocky Four, they had that training montage where he's yes. in the snow and he's doing all the stuff that's like functional stuff, and they're like sort of uh, piecemealing workouts mm-hmm. together. And then the Russian guy, he's in a laboratory. He's got like twenty scientists around him. They're injecting him with all this stuff. He's got all the cutting edge, state of the art stuff. And I think what was great about that montage and what it says is. Rocky had the internal, the intrinsic desire to do it. It didn't matter what was in, in his external world, snow, crappy equipment, whatever. And then this other guy uh, was more built. He had more scientists, he had better equipment, but he didn't have the heart. And I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. Whatever you choose to do, you have to have the heart. It has to come from within and, um, and nobody's going to put that on you, right? It has to completely come from within and you just have to jump into it. It's like, when you don't know what it is, but you have a desire to do it, it's like you're jumping into an abyss and you're just like, you're just like, I can't see anything. I'm just going to do it. And I think that's what it takes to become successful at anything. Of course. Yeah. And I mean, that scene I used to listen to before I went to the gym, you know, and, and you can take Ivan Drago and look him as the, the kid that was kind of pushed, you know, into something that he didn't really want to do. And then you see the results. Uh, so I think, yeah, it's, it, you know, you're, you're going into things, you know, same thing with you. I was shooting baskets in the snow uh, and stuff like that when I was growing up, you know, but I didn't know why I just knew I wanted to get better. Uh, just going back. I just want to touch on something you said, you know, talking about playing basketball at 11 o'clock at night as you went through high school, right. Cause we talked about, you know, playing basketball and uh, did your kind of not obsession, if you will, maybe there's a better word, but did that grow kind of as you're in high school? Like you said, you started early on kind of, always enjoying the practice. Was that something that kind of just kind of grew as you went through high school, that kind of passion and, and kind of zeroing in on what you wanted to do? What's crazy is that there was a, there was a gap of about four years. I, I think I burned myself out halfway through high school. I actually didn't even play varsity for my high school. I played JV my sophomore year. 
and then I didn't even try out junior year. I, I was done. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I went through um, those two years, high school, first two years of college, didn't even, didn't play much. Started to sophomore year. Junior year, I decided to try out for the college team. I went to Loyola Marymount here in LA. Um, but um, where was I going with this? Um, <laughs> sorry. A bu- oh, a buddy of mine and I, we're, we're just playing pickup games, right? And we just decided, like, let's just try out for the team. Like, what worst they can say is no. And we tried out. We didn't make it. But um, the coach said, hey, you guys, you guys show heart. Like, you guys are diving after loose balls and stuff. And, um, and so we got to play on the practice squad. So basically, we got to practice with the guys. And then game time comes. We're not, we're not anybody. We're not even on the bench. We're in the stands. But um, I got a lot better. And by the end of the year... Uh, there was one guy who graduated the year I was a junior. So he's a year older than me. And he was, he was short, you know, he was like five, seven, but very muscled and he could jump really high. And he got a contract to play semi-pro ball in Germany. And I, he was definitely better than I was, but, um, but I felt like, you know, we were like this, like Mm -hmm. I was right there. You know, I could, I could, I could pick his pocket every now and then I could score on him every now and then. And I thought, you know, if I really try this, I can, I can make it too. And so, um, so that's when, again, just like Bruce Bowen, you were talking about, I was 19, maybe 20 years old, 21 years old, maybe 21, 21 years old. And that's when just my passion for basketball went just like off the charts. I hired a personal trainer. We worked together for a year and a half. Um, I probably increased my vertical jump by almost a foot and I was dunking a basketball with two hands. Uh, I was just running laps around everybody because I had a trainer and I was in uh, at the YMCA for five hours a day working on my ball handling and passing skills. And um, that, that was it. It was right after college. And then I tried out for two teams, two semi-pro teams, didn't make either one. And I realized this is, there's just too much competition. There was a guy who was my height. I'm six foot one. He was my height. And he was showing us in between games, how he could touch his head on the rim. <laughs> and I'm like, You've got to be kidding. And that guy didn't make a team. So, and, and there was actually one of the tryouts, one of the coaches came out and he said, all right, guys, uh, if you're under six foot four, go home. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, but, it, but doing that, and this is what I tell people, I say, no matter what your goal is, jump in full force, because I jumped into that goal full force, not knowing if I was going to do it or not, not knowing if I would succeed or not. Um, and I didn't, succeed but i did in a way because that directly led me to my career as a trainer of 16 years if i hadn't have done that i wouldn't be a trainer right now yeah those those hardships like i said and and i don't even though you didn't you know play semi-professional it's still you know you set a goal you know to get better and you did it the best you could and and you you know kind of win until you couldn't play anymore you know um same thing for me kind of with basketball, you know, I didn't play any high level. I was in junior college, but I, I made it, you know, I, I came off the bench. I scored some points, uh, you know, but you know, my grade parent average wasn't, wasn't the best. And we had to make a decision whether we wanted to fail school and play basketball or, you know, kind of concentrate on something else. But I think it's a great, great thing. You know, anything you want, you have to dive fully in. And I think you have to be willing to fail. You know, you knew a hundred percent. Was I going to make it? I don't know. But also I think it's important to put yourself in those situations because if you didn't try out for the practice squad, right? If you didn't make it to that area, you would have never met the person that was almost the same size as you and say, Hey, I can do this. 
You know, I, I feel like that is the biggest thing. I think a lot of people either shield themselves from competition or they just convince themselves that competition is the competition in the next level, whether it is they can't do. And I feel like it's very important, you know, just from your story to be able to put yourself in the position of the competition. You know, I didn't play too much in high school either. You know, I kind of messed around, but then when I went to college, I wasn't the best, but I could shoot with the other, the rest of the team. I could handle myself. You know, when I got there, it was like, okay, I can, I can do this a little bit. You know, I didn't play too much. There was guys that jump higher than me and, and all that stuff, but it was being just throwing myself into that and saying, okay, I can still, you know, we're, we're on the same level. These people might be a little bit better or whatever, but I think that's great. And I think that goes for anything. You know, you have to find out what you want to do, but also you have to allow yourself to go in and, and try the things that you might not be good at, regardless of, if it's a job, if you want to be in finance, if you want to be in certain things, you have to put yourself in situations where you might not, you might fail at whatever it is, but also you could succeed. Because you might convince yourself your entire life, I'm going to be bad at this. There's no way I'm going to be good at this. And then you go in there first day, whatever it may be. And there's people that are either not as good as you, you're better at certain things, or you might realize that this is something that you're, you know, fantastic at. So I think that's a a great life lesson for anybody listening. And I think it's important to take out not only just in sports, but you have to, you know, have passion, as you said, you know, give everything you have, but also you have to be able to kind of have the heart to put yourself in situations where there's a giant chance you could fail. Even if you've convinced yourself you were already going to fail, but do it anyway, because then if you do fail or, you know, you're done playing sports or you go into finance and it doesn't work, at least you can't say, well, I should have, you never want to say, you know, I should have done any of that. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to shoot on yourself. It's uh, it's it's powerful, like do, going after the goal. And I think I tell this to my clients, too, that um, if you're able to set a fitness goal or a health goal, again, even if you don't achieve it, I think that's like a foundational goal. And so learning how to set a health goal will help you learn how to set a relationship goal, a finance goal, uh, you know, a, a money goal, whatever, you know, whatever other goals you have. And I think the reason is one is because it's so personal to you. Um, very little people can take your health away from you versus, you know, if you start a business, you might have the best business in the world, but there might be someone who's just a little bit better. And so, so it's a, it's not a zero sum game, but, but somebody can almost knock you down versus everybody can be, everyone in the world could be in great shape, right? Could be healthy and fit. Um, and so there, you have a little more control over that. So I think once you get better at setting that goal, then you can branch out and do other goals as well. Exactly. No, I, I've always said that, you know, once you find your gift or your goal, nobody can take that away from you. And if they can, it's not meant to be, you know, for me, it's always articulation and talking. So I have a podcast. Nobody can take that away from me, right? People can be better trainers, more athletic, but I, I feel like that's a, a big point you know, your passion and the thing that you're supposed to do is something that nobody can take from you, you know, when you could be able to do it on an iceberg, you know, if you're by yourself on an iceberg, you should be able to, uh, to do that. So I just want to touch on, so after, you know, you, you did the stuff with semi-pro, uh, let's go into when you, how you started training and, and kind of how that, uh, kind of became uh, a thing. Yeah. The, uh, the trainer who was working with me, his name was actually also Joe, like you, uh, and he just, he saw me working and he saw me going to these two tryouts and, um, and he saw just, I, I think he pretty much knew that I, I was done. You know, I, I, I tried it and I'm just like, I, I'm really not even close. Like I wasn't, I wasn't even close to making a team. Uh, and he just said, he pulled me aside and he said, look, bud, uh, you tried, you just, 
99% of the people out there wouldn't do it. Uh, you tried and you would be a really good trainer. And that just kind of sparked it. I was at the gym all the time anyway. I and actually got a job at the gym working at the front desk. And I said, yeah, I'll get a job at the gym working as a trainer. So I bought all the materials. I studied for nine months, took the test and boom, there I was. And they gave me the job right away because they knew me. And, uh, and at that point it was learning the trade, right? Getting the clients, you know, trying to figure out where, where I fit and what type of client I, I train. And it's interesting because over the years, I've sort of, um, you know, even though I grew up as an athlete, I, um, I don't really train that many athletes. I did train a NFL football player last year, but it wasn't in like athleticism. It was, it was rebalancing, which is, you know, what I do with most people. It's helping people with back pain, you know, getting them to rebalance um, their bodies, you know, muscle balance. So, um, yeah, that was, it's been pretty cool, you know, watching, watching kind of the development over the 16 years, as far as the type of training that I do. But um, honestly, I, I really try to live in the moment and I try to just say, well, where am I now and where do I want to go and, um, and just do it. So, so yeah. Yeah. So the main thing is, is just, you know, living in the moment and, and, and I think with me, with my career, it's been being willing to change directions if needed. And I'm just, just kind of listening uh, at, you know, the direction that I'm called to go. So there's so many different, you know, directions to go in the fitness industry. And it's kind of fun exploring a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great point. I think what you brought up before too, kind of finding the clients that work for you, you know, a lot of people that start off or some trainers that have been in it for a while think you just go train everybody. And I think if you really know yourself and know what you're good at, not necessarily what you're good at, but just the people you kind of want to be around and allow in your circle that will identify the people that you train. Uh, you know, I start off with athletes and then I, I've met some, you know, older adults who've been my, my best clients and, and I love being around them. And I never thought in a thousand years that I would train, you know, people that were of an older age, but they're amazing. You know, they offer so much uh, advice on life. You know, they're very aware of things. They get to know you better than sometimes, you know, yourself at certain times. And I think it's just kind of, uh, you know, like you said, be open to, to kind of the direction, you know, and, and always be willing to kind of change. Um, you know, I always knew that I love fitness because it went from playing to strength conditioning to training to podcasting. But, you know, like yourself, you stay kind of along the line. You know, it's kind of like on the coast of, of fitness. You know, it's always there. You're always involved in it in some way, but it's not necessarily this is the only thing I do. You know, it either expands, but but always be open to uh, I think that's a great point. Always be open to kind of where the fitness industry takes you, especially, I think, with COVID and everything going on. You know, everything's changed, you know, not a lot of in-person stuff. Uh, so I think it gives you a lot of time to kind of reflect, but also uh, expand your business a little bit and, and kind of figure out where you want to uh, where you want to go next or the areas in which you should improve on. Um, I just so uh, after you, you got involved at the gym, you started training people. Uh, let's just go through, you know, the early years of training and kind of how you progressed to, you know, training more high level people and, and, and kind of how you developed your business. Yeah, you know, early on, uh, I actually knew pretty early on that I wanted to start my own business. I think I started as a trainer in 2004, started my own business in 2006, uh, went out, just signed a lease for a place. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clue. I just signed a lease because that's what you do. You get a location, right? Mm -hmm. And it was right by Santa Clara university. And it was the worst location 
ever. It was, it was so, so stupid. I don't know why I did this. I was right in between a nail salon and a cigarette shop Nice. in, in a strip mall. It was horrible. It was the worst location possible. Cause you know, someone, people go and buy their cigarettes and then immediately they, they need to smoke, right? Because they're, they need their hit of nicotine. It was just the worst location. Um, but I did okay. I did, you know, I had my little niche and it was okay. It was a tiny little, you know, 400 square foot place. Um, and so, but I had my clients, I was doing okay. Just me by myself. And then, um, went through the full two year lease. And then, then that pulls us into 2008. And then I, um, the owner says, Hey, Chris, you want to, you want to sign another two years? I said, yeah, absolutely. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm going really well here. So I re-signed the lease. And then uh, I don't know if you remember 2008 with the, yep, the crash the and everything, right? Yep. The bubble, the real estate stuff. Uh, I lost 13 clients in a week. Wow. It was, into, and that was a month after I had just re-signed my lease. So I uh, learned real quick with business, with some people in business. Business is business. Because I went to the guy and I said, hey, I just re-signed this lease. Let me just get out of it. I'm done. His business is done. Um, he wouldn't let me. <laughs> so I had to, I had to make an offer. So I, I made an offer, had to get out of there. Just like, it was bad. I had uh, one client, remember Jerry Maguire, the movie? Mm-hmm. He has one client left is Rod Tidwell, his um, Cuba Gooding Jr. And <laughs> I had one client and I went to his house for three years. And it was just me and him uh, and my my wife started a home daycare uh, and I worked for her the rest of the day. I had my one client and then I worked for her the rest of the day over those three years and hitting that kind of rock bottom. Uh, I think it, I think it was really good for me because I almost every day I asked myself, is this what I really want to do? And even with one client, the answer was always yes. Even if it was no for an hour or two, it always turned into a yes. And, um, but, but going through that, I learned so much about what not to do. And, and I also, again, developed the passion, realized that this is what I want to do. And um, the analogy I use now, um, I was just talking to a friend of mine today about this, actually. Um, if somebody says, hey, do you want an apple or a banana? And, um, and, and you, or, or no, no, sorry. They, they tell you what they're going to give you. They're like, I have an apple and a banana. I'm going to give you the banana your response and if we if we listen to our response that's going to tell us how badly we wanted that apple or if we actually want the banana so um that's kind of what it was it was like something was taken from me and it made you know i could say oh it's a sign you know i'm not meant to do this but in reality i felt deep in my heart that no i want to do this and it and it brought me to that next level which is what needed to happen for me to at the end of those two or three years for me to have the the guts to do it again and um and it's it's funny i sort of had some flashbacks at the start of this year with covid uh because i was scared it was going to happen again and so i immediately went online i just i just raised the bar i said guys this is not only are we not going to stop training you but we're going to make it even better and i had to go there because i was so scared and then i realized real quick okay this is different i i can't i can't project 2008 onto today but um Again, the, speaking of COVID, again, the adaptability, right? Mm-hmm. We just, we need to adapt, right? You're not just going to have a gym where you're going to cram a bunch of people in anymore. 
uh, we need to adapt. So a uh, lot of lessons, a lot of lessons learned. Um, a lot of good stories. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's a, a great story. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that happened to you in 08, but, but I think it comes from experience. You know, you, you learn these things, you know, and, and anybody out there listening that, that wants to start a gym, uh, you know, or wants to get involved in this, uh, these things can happen, you know, clients are clients, you know, and, and as close as they are, and I'm not saying for all, you know, I have ones I've talked to for years and they're, they're life friends, but you know, if something happens, you know, you're, you're a, you're kind of an add on, you know, they're, it's very rare that they're like, okay, I'm going to sell my car so I can keep my trainer, you know, and, and not that you should always be aware of that, but those are things that happen. You know, that's one of the tricky things I think with the industry, because, you know, I'm sure, you know, Chris talked about, it, I've had it too. You've had months or years where you're on fire, you know, you got client after client and you, you can't even move. You have so many people you're training and then all of a sudden they go on vacation, some things happen, somebody gets hurt. And then all of a sudden we have our one client or our three clients, you know? So I think it's very important to always remember that. I think it, it helps you with finance, you know, being able to kind of balance out where you need to be and not kind of get over overzealous. You know, I've seen lots of trainers that they have a good month and they buy a BMW and I'm like, listen, man, you might want to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit, but I, I think it's a great story in that it explains to you what can happen. You know, obviously 08 was a little bit of a, a freak occurrence, but relating it to right now, you know, with COVID, uh, but you were able to take that experience from 08. And although it's not the same, and although there was a little bit of kind of fear in there, you were able to uh, use that experience and now, you know, make it better for, for this time and kind of bulletproof your business from any of these things happening again. And not only did you make it kind of feasible, but you made it better. You know, so now you're, you're instead of saying, okay, well, well we're okay. No, I'm going to make it better. And I'm going to increase my business, if you will, during this time. And I think that's a very important lesson. You know, it's not only, am I going to survive? It's I'm going to survive and I'm going to kind of raise the bar higher than it, than it currently is, even though this, this thing's going on. So I, I think that's a great lesson, you know, for anybody out there listening that, that wants to get involved in this industry or is a trainer is currently in there. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about opening places up and it's just the thing you just have to be careful, you know, because these things can happen and you have to be prepared for them. You know, you don't want, and I think that the big thing you said with the apple and the, and the banana, it's also, can the passion bring you through, right? If you have 30 clients and you're on cloud nine and all of a sudden you lose all those clients is this still what you want to do? You know, I read a fantastic quote today. I had to put it up on the Instagram and it said, if you won the lottery tomorrow, would you still do what you're currently doing? Right. And I, and I think that that opens so many doors in it. It makes you think about so many things, right? Would you quit this in an instant, you know, and, and, and kind of use that money to live the rest of your life? Or would you say, okay, that's great. I have this money. I don't have to worry about certain things, but I'm still going to continue being involved in the industry. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think for me, it's a it's a gray area because, you know, if you if you do win the lottery and you have tens of millions of dollars, there are a lot of things that uh, you there are a lot of things that need to be done in your business that need to be done in my business that I would just refuse to do. I'd be like, all right, cool. I'm not doing the books anymore. I'm not doing all the stuff that I don't like doing. And what that would do is open me up for doing what I love doing, hanging out with people and helping them get fit. And uh, and that is a great question because. I think that will tell you a lot and, and, and then go the other way too, right? If you won the lottery tomorrow, would you still do what you're doing? Or if you lost all your clients except one tomorrow, would you still do what you're doing? I think, I think those are great questions that every trainer or potential trainer should ask. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was so scared. Um, I was so scared to, to ask for what I needed though, which is interesting. And it's, it's interesting that COVID did this because, uh, 
I've wanted to do the online business model for a long time, probably five years, maybe, maybe longer. Uh, and then in March this year, I had to, right? Um, so it's, it's interesting, like, yeah, I don't I mean, I've, I know people are getting sick and dying, but I, there's definitely a silver lining to this whole thing, right? It's like this forced a lot of things to happen that maybe would have happened a lot slower or maybe never have happened ever, you know? So, um, it's, it's pretty interesting. And I think, I think overall, you know, we can't waste time thinking like, what if I like coulda, woulda, shoulda. And I think that's what happens when you don't go after something. Like if I wouldn't have tried out for those basketball teams, um, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda, but I think trying stuff and I think failing and I think taking pandemics in stride is the key because you could, coulda, woulda, shoulda yourself to death and it's just not going to do anything. I think just taking that action right now is, is the key. Of course, I, I completely agree. You know, COVID is, it is, is terrible what's going on, but you know, you have realizations, you know, I've same thing. You know, I was at a place, I was training in the city. I was running around like a psychopath all day from 4am till all over the place. And I realized that the place I was at, I, I didn't like, you know, I was miserable. You know, I, I loved the, you know, I was working at a place and then I had my clients on the side. Now I do miss my, my private clients, you know, I did enjoy every moment I got to be with them and, and train them. But, you know, the place I was, you know, from five in the morning till 12, I was like, I'm so much happier without having to go to this, this other place, you know, and the podcast, you know, the podcast grew out of the pandemic, you know, I did a few and, you know, now here we are. And I would have, I could admit right now, I would have never started this if it wasn't for the pandemic. I mean, I would have kept on going yep. with the training at the, at the gym I was at and, and trying to build my business, but the podcast wouldn't have been a thing. It wouldn't have been, you know, whether it was enough energy or just the want to do it, you know? So I feel like that's a, a great thing. You know, it, it is terrible, but also there's a silver lining because now you can kind of, you use it as a time to say, what do I really want to do? You know, we, we keep touching on this point, but also what are the things that I have to do or the things I've been neglecting? Because now I have this time, I have to do these things to kind of build my business. You know, I have to learn how to be online. I have to learn how to coach people online, you know, because I'm sure before you did it, I mean, I had not issues, but when I first started, you can't point to things. You can't, you know, touch anybody's leg and, and tell them, where to lunge or where to put their foot. You're now explaining to somebody who's on a computer where to, you know, how to lunge correctly, how to do this, how to breathe. And it becomes a whole another challenge, you know? So you learn to do things, you know, put them in front of walls and things like that. But, but that's a whole different thing than being in front of them. You know, it's a lot easier to correct people in 10 seconds, but when you have an hour and now we have to spend five, 10 minutes setting people up to do reverse lunges and things of that sort, you know, and, and kind of coach them through it's, it's, it's a big deal, you know? So I, I think it's it's a very big, big thing you bring up that, you know, although it is a terrible thing, I think it's something that everybody, not just in this industry, but mainly, you know, we're talking about fitness, they have to be prepared for. Be prepared to have your entire business online and also for you as a trainer and as a coach, be prepared to be able to coach everybody online and you should be able to offer the same exact um, product, if you will, or service from you sitting on a computer screen as if I was right there. You know, obviously that energy uh, is second to none, you know, being in person. But I also think there is a way to come close to that or deliver that same energy uh, through the through the internet, through the phone. Yep, I think so. I agree 100%. Uh, yeah. So why don't we go through, uh, you know, just developing your business, kind of uh, what your kind of style was, and then just the, the author stuff, and then, and then we'll go into the podcast a little bit. Uh, yeah, um, 
style so style like style of training i think that's a good i think that's a great question because there's a lot of different styles of of personal trainer i'm i mean i'm a lot like i am right now i'm very chill i'm very relaxed uh people's lives it's so funny because we live we you know our culture is so sedentary but our brains are just like always on right and so i feel like people are so stressed and I, I, I not, I want to, I want to flip it, right. I want to get their bodies up and their minds down. So, um, workouts with me are very casual and very chill. And if I see, and I'm, and I'm always looking for how you're responding to it. So if I'm seeing that, that, um, you're getting tired, like legitimately tired, not just like, Ooh, this is hard. Right. But like, you're like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah. I'll just say, go get some water. Let's talk. And then take three minutes, five minutes. And then uh, figure out what's happening and then see if we want to continue. So I'm, uh, you know, I go in with a game plan, but I'm very flexible, extremely flexible as far as what exercises we're doing. If something's hurting you, I'm going to modify it. Uh, I'll do fewer reps with you or we can do more reps if it's if it's easy. So um, it's always a it's it's always a moving target. What I do, though, is I keep that I keep your main goal. I keep the main vision in sight and then there's a thousand and one different ways to get to that goal. So I'm flexible as far as my approach with that. Yeah. I mean, uh, similar to you, I, I, I believe the same thing. Uh, and you know, same thing, you know, touching on people that want to start out, uh, you have a wonderful plan, but most of the time when you get involved with general pop, anybody in, in general, you can have all the things that you want to do, but most of the time it's, you have to do what they want to do, you know? And so, you know, like you said, you, you put their goal up there and I think you use the goal to kind of convince them sometimes to do things that they don't want to do, but you're right. If, if they have a long day, you know, in the office and they're shot, you could have this wonderful thing written down, but they're not going to do that. You know? And, and I think a lot of it is also too, you get clients based on people that like to spend time with you. You know, you're, you're a, a good person, you're knowledgeable, you know, you have uh, intellect and things like that. They can talk to you, but also you kind of have to, slide exercise in there with some people, if you will, you know, but I think it's uh, great what you said, you know, there's a thousand and one ways to get to your goal, but I think you have to be open to all of them. You know, it's not, this is what I wrote down today. This is, this is what I'm doing. And this is what we're going to do because you're, you know, there's going to be different things and you don't want to say, well, if you don't want to do this, we can't get there. You know, I feel like flexibility, especially when you're training high level people, you know, we talked about it before um, where, you know, their brains are constantly going on. It's business, business, business all the time. I'm sure you had it too. They'll walk into the gym. They'll be on the phone. You can say, you can see they're already fired up and you're like, okay, today we're not going to get too much going, you know? So, so let's try to do some things to kind of calm their brain down, you know, cause you can see it, as you said, you can see it when they walk in, you're like, today's not going to be a day where we're all about working out. It's kind of like they bought themselves here because of me. And, you know, we kind of got to uh, find a, you know, uh, hammer some stuff out. So I think that's a very good thing that you brought up uh, when you do that. You know, it's, it's kind of the goal is the goal, right? As always, we should always have a goal, but don't limit yourself to how you can get there and always be open or unless you're going to lose clients. You know, you can't have one path. There has to be a thousand. Right, right. Absolutely. So let's go into the uh, just how we started the, the podcast and then a little bit into the, the authoring stuff. Yeah, yeah, the podcast. Uh, very similar to you, actually. I, I don't know if I would have done the podcast if not for COVID. Uh, it, it was uh, I started it in August, and it just seemed like a very logical way to to connect with other health professionals. And I cre- I call it the triple win. So so uh, you know, if I'm interviewing you, you and I both get more exposure for our businesses and just our ideas. And then 
the ultimate win is, you know, that we're providing enough value for the people who are listening. So everybody wins. And I just thought that was such a good way to meet other professionals. It's a lot easier than, you know, networking events or something. And you're saying like, Oh, Hey, uh, nice to, and there's like, I, it was something that I could give to people immediately. Like I'm going to give you exposure to, you know, right now it's not a whole, you know, a couple dozen, right. I'm getting like 50 to a hundred views on my videos within a week or two. Um, and, and it's just, it just seemed like a, a win-win. So the podcast, uh, health in the real world. And just like you, again, I, I love health. I love fitness, but it gets boring if that's all you talk about. So I don't know if you remember my last question to you is like, what, if you're a motivational speaker and you're giving your motivational talk at a college graduation, what do you say? And I've gotten the best answers. It's, and that's so much so that I created that montage video that I put you in. Um, and there were 18 of my guests that I, I was able to, to splice like little eight to 15 second little golden nuggets. And it was just like the coolest video. Um, so it's been really, really fun and inspiring um, doing all that as far as the, and I just, I'm the kind of guy, I just have so many ideas. Like I'll go from one idea to the next to the next. So I needed sort of a container to put all the ideas in. So if I get an idea, instead of having to start a new project, I can just put that idea in a podcast episode. So that was pretty cool. Um, in addition, so you mentioned the books and all the products and stuff. So uh, this has been transformative for me. So I have one of my clients who's also a uh, business executive coach, I think is her title, executive coach. And I've had some sessions with her and she does neuro-linguistic programming and uh, other, just a lot of other really cool modalities. Uh, basically she helps people go from like really good, really successful to like off the charts. And I'm just super fortunate to be able to hang out with her as a client and pick her brain and stuff. And so about a year and a half ago, yeah, probably about a year and a half ago, uh, both of us had already put out one book. We had like our, our, I don't know, foundational product. I have a book called help. I threw out my back. It's four workouts, no equipment needed to help people kind of relax their back and strengthen their core. And I had made that book, but then I sort of stopped and I hit a sort of a dead end. So she and I created what we call product club. It's kind of a, kind of a little bet we have going and we made, we raised the stakes. Like your, your poker buddy friend would love this. He would, he would, uh, <laughs> he would get in on this. <laughs> we basically, instead of, instead of just having something to shoot toward, our goal was to create one, one product per month that we could sell online that we didn't have to personally sell, but we could put it on Amazon or something. So one product a month that shared our knowledge with the world. Uh, so that was the goal, but the penalty, if you don't, if you don't publish your product by midnight, the last night of the month, you have to give a hundred dollars to a politician on the other side of the aisle. So <laughs> that, and so, and neither one of us has donated any money because it's just so painful of a thought <laughs> that, um, and, and, and so I've made, and, and there's no rules as far as what you can make. So like this month, I'm going to create a, um, uh, a chore book for kids. I have four kids and, and my oldest two, uh, my eight and my six-year-old are really getting interested in like being able to buy stuff on their own. And, um, and I said, well, you know, you, you guys can buy whatever you want. I don't care. I'm not going to go buy you every toy that you want. 
but if you want to save up your money, go for it. That's awesome. And so we created like a little accountability system and the chore book and they, they signed their time card sort of thing. Like, Hey, I mopped the floor. So I get a dollar and, um, and it's, it's working out pretty well. So I turned it into a little book and, and I'll be posting that on Amazon. Most of my books though are, um, can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Most of my books are, um, are fitness related books. So like, uh, probably my favorite fitness book that I've made is called naked fitness. And it's basically how to get a great workout with zero equipment whatsoever. And there's like 68 exercises that you don't need anything for. Um, and that, that was really fun. It's a tiny little pamphlet. It's, you know, like 80 pages, 90 pages. And, um, so yeah, you know, all my books are up on, on Amazon and I self-publish them and it's just, it's just so fun. It's just so cool being able to put out a product and, and have it stand on its own and, um, and refer people to it based on what they need. Right. Like I have a nutrition book. I have a back pain book. I have a motivation book. I have the, the body weight fitness book. So it's just really, it's really cool. And that, that product club bet that we have going is, is really the fire underneath that. The reason why I started creating those. Yeah. I think it's, it's amazing though. You know, you're able to meet somebody and uh, who's a client, you know, who does certain things, but I, I feel like the same thing. I learned so much from my clients, you know, being around them. And, and I think it's a blessing. You know, we talked about silver linings, the people that I was able to train, you know, cause you don't think, Oh, I'm going to train all these people and I'm going to be the best trainer in the world. And then what happens is, you meet these people and you realize what they do and then they end up changing you and, and kind of changing how you think. And there's literally so much to learn, you know, once you get to know certain people and I'm sure it's the same with this client you talk of, you just sit there and listen to them. You know, you give them exercises, but, but you let, you're like, wow, this is, you know, you, you get these people. You're like, well, every time I work out with them, I just sit there and I, I listen to them kind of explain things to me because they know so much more in a field that I'm trying to kind of break into and, and bring up the podcast, you know, I think it's, it's great that what you're doing, you know, the message and also, you know, you don't really realize, uh, you know, and I thought about this a couple, couple weeks ago, how many people you talk to on a daily basis when you were training before COVID, you know, and, and thinking back, like, I'm like, well, I haven't really not talked to somebody who wasn't family since I was whatever, since I was at high school, you know, every job I've had, there's always been people, there's always been friends, you know, starting training, there's always been athletes and coaches. So there's always somebody, you know, kind of in that same fitness realm that I could bounce some ideas off or just somebody else to talk to. And then COVID hits and you don't have that anymore, right? So you're talking on the phone, you're trying to get a hold of people, but it's very hard, you know, because you're not able to have that kind of balance. I think it's that energy uh, balance that we we all as as human beings try to search for, and so that's one of the reasons with the podcast, you know, being able to bounce ideas off and, and be able to talk to people. But and and that's one of the good things with the podcast is you get to talk to so many people, and it's kind of making up for that time that you don't have anymore, you know. So I think it's it's um, a good thing you brought up with that though. But like I said, for me too, the clients are, are really what changes you, and I think it's awesome with the products on Amazon and and you know the little bet because it doesn't take a lot. You know, I, I'm one of the things you realize, I'm sure as you realize when you start to get products, the first product was probably like, Oh my God, how am I going to do this? And and by now yep. you're like, Oh, this is a good idea. You know, let's go put it on Amazon. You know, that, that kind of fear goes away as you, as you kind of progress. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I think it was the, the naked fitness book, the body weight exercise book. I think I made that in five hours. Uh, I, I already had the pictures. So that was, that kind of put me a, a leg up. So I had like hundreds of pictures that I had produced um, previously uh, taken, you know, taking the pre pictures previously. And, uh, and I just formatted it in Canva. I don't know if you ever use canva.com, 
No, it's I've heard like, about it though. I've I, people have told me to use it before for illustrating great, things. Great resource. I made that book in Canva, and I just you know for, you just format it. You put the picture there. You put the text, and then export it as a PDF. Upload it to Amazon. It's super cool. Well, that's great. Yeah, definitely going to look into that because you're not the first person to tell me to use Canva, especially for posting and just certain things. And like yourself, I, I feel like I want to I want to get a book out there, get some information out there. And now it's you know so easy. You just have the information, you put it out there and then boom, you can stick it on Amazon. So that's great. And yep. anybody listening, like I said, you can you can do whatever you want to do. You know, I always say that, you know, whatever it is, especially in today's age, if if you make teas for golf, you know, you can you can sell them. You know, there is no. Uh, it, there's no limit to stuff. I mean, I read an article the other day. I was talking to my sister about it. There's two guys in Canada that sold air from Canada and how they started. They sold Ziploc bags that said Canadian air on eBay for like two bucks a piece. And now they have branding and they sell for like 19 Canadian dollars. And I'm like, that's it. You can, I mean, there's, it's just ridiculous. I love it. That's so great. <laughs> yep. So marketing, if you have marketing, you can, you can kind of do whatever you want, but yeah, Canadian air. I was like, Oh my God, this is unbelievable. Uh, so Chris, for anybody out there who wants to get started, I mean, I know we talked a lot about your journey and, and different things for anybody out there that wants to break into strength conditioning to fitness. What is, is your advice? What would be kind of your spiel? If I come up to you, you know, 17, 18 years old and say, I want to get involved in, in the fitness industry. You know, what, what do you think I should do? I think you should research all the different types of training and then just pick one and, and get, get all the certifications and everything necessary and maybe even find a trainer that does that as well and kind of see if you can get a mentorship or something like that under them. Um, and I would just do it. And it might not be where you end up in 10 years, but just get your foot in, just jump in. Uh, and, and it's going to look different for different people. But I would say just do it. I mean, if you're halfway interested and you feel like it's, it would be a good career field for you, I'd say just do it. If you're older, you know, I know you mentioned they were, they were younger, but if, you know, if you are older and maybe you have a spouse and kids and you have a mortgage and this and that, uh, you know, jump in part time, right? Keep your day job and jump in and see how you like it and see how many clients you can get and how much money you can expect to make and things like that. But um, I, I'm a huge fan of just learning by doing, right? I, I never would have known about those tryouts, except I just did it. I just jumped in. I said, let's just do it and see where it goes. And, uh, and it, it paid off just by doing it. Uh, phenomenal piece of advice there. Yep. A hundred percent. If you're thinking about doing something, you know, don't break the bank, you know, if, if you're an older person that has responsibilities, but I think, you know, the best way to learn if you want to do it or not is to, is to go do it, you know, uh, get that certification, get to a point where you can, you know, practice safely and do it, you know, and for anybody younger, if this goes for anybody older, right, do your research, you know, make sure that you know what you're doing, um, you know, make sure you're comfortable doing what you're doing and get out there, you know, and I think, you know, like Chris said, pick something that you like and take some time, master that make sure you're good at it and then go for it, you know, but I also don't believe in, you know, preparing for two years before you have your first client, you know, because uh, I mean, I know lots of people, they're amazing at books and things like that. And they can't coach anybody to, you know, walk in a straight line, you know, not, not being negative right. on anybody, but I feel like that's a, that's a big deal, you know, just get in there and, and do it. I think it's with most things. Now, if you're going to be a doctor surgeon, you know, you can't just dive in there and start playing around with that stuff. But I feel like in the industry, a hundred percent, you know, just, you know, fill out the resume, apply, or, or, you know, I think it's great too. 
uh, talk to somebody, you know, and, and, you know, just like me and Chris, we just, you know, I was on his podcast. He's on mine now. We know we have a, a friendship and, you know, there's plenty of resources in which you can go and to ask people, you know, on my Instagram, on his, I mean, I do it every day with Instagram, send a DM. Hey, I'm a new trainer. This is my background a little bit. What do you think if I, if I do this, you know, or, or if you find somebody on Instagram who kind of follows along stuff that you like, I would suggest to, um, I do this a lot. Chris, I'm sure you do. I, I human guinea pig a lot. I'll go do their program for maybe a week or so and see how I feel personally. And if I can do the movements, if I can figure them out and it's not a big, uh, big thing. And then once that's a thing, that's, uh, you know, something that's there, then I'll, I'll go test it on the client. So just to make sure it's safe. That's yeah, that's awesome. It's a great idea. Yeah. Of course. Cool. Uh, yeah, exactly. Always <laughs> got to do that. Sometimes I will say though, uh, it didn't work out. See, that's why I don't do CrossFit. I will admit, you know, I did snatches and all that stuff for about a week. And then my back said, we're not going to, we're not going to do this. And that was the end of that. But I did try, you know, I do try to try everything uh, that's out there just to make sure. Cause you never know, you know, something might look ridiculous and then you try it and you're like, wow, my back's been a little iffy doing squats this way. I tried this random thing I found and, and now it feels better, you know, so you never know. Uh, but it's very important, you know, just to touch on, make sure you have a foundation, make sure you understand where you're comfortable too. you know, not don't get a bunch of clients and go on Instagram and pick out exercises and start having people do a bunch of yeah. crazy stuff. But I, I feel like, you know, foundation, very important and ask questions. I, I think that's the biggest thing to take away from this. Ask questions and, and go in at full force, you know, and, and that's it. You can, with everything going on, you can find uh, tons of information, uh, you know, with COVID going on, people are a little more susceptible to answer questions. They're not as busy. There is a lot more on computers, so you can figure that out and, you know, just figure out something that you like too, you know, and I also believe that too, make sure you like it, you know, don't do it if you don't like it. And if you don't believe in something or you don't think a certain exercises works, don't do it. You don't have to do anything and there. And there's kind of no, um, parameters. You know, I, I feel like we've talked about that too in the fitness industry and why I love it so much. There is no fences. You can have a podcast, you can sell t-shirts, you can be a trainer, you can be a professional athlete. I mean, there's, there's so much you could do. I mean, the last one professional athlete, you know, genetics involved in that, but you know what I mean? You, you can, there's so many different directions in which you can go. And that's why I, I love the industry personally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's, it's fun to just kind of uh, explore around a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. There is so many different kind of places to go or things to do in the industry that I think, you know, if you're involved in it, if it's something you like, you know, I, I don't think there's anything, I think you can find your niche somehow. Yeah. Joe, I just, I just got a notification. I'm at 10% battery. So I gotta, okay. Well, everything's um, dying on me on that note. And the fact that you cannot smoke in airports at LA, right. that lady was going off about it for about five minutes. Uh, if anybody wants to reach you, Chris, uh, what is the best way to do that? Um, I will put your information on my Instagram post, but I uh, just put it on there. So anybody listening, um, can, can kind of get a hold of you. Yeah. Uh, probably my website, uh, mycorebalance.com, mycorebalance.com. Uh, and then on my, my core balance, uh, YouTube channel, that's where I put all the podcasts and everything. Um, so yeah, just my core balance, search it and it'll pop up. Okay. Awesome. And yeah. for anybody, uh, like I said, that wants to get a hold of Chris, I will put that stuff in the podcast. And it'll, like I said, always, always there to answer some questions, uh, or help you out with whatever you need. Uh, Chris, thanks, man. I, I truly appreciate you being on, man. It was a lot of fun, and, and uh, thanks so much for, for coming on. Yeah, this was great, Joe. You made uh, you, you took up like half my layover, so I, I'm <laughs> uh, I'm only two hours from uh, 
from getting on this flight. So we're good. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Of course. Glad I could, glad I could help speed up that layover. <laughs> there you go.